Hi, I'm Ryan Reynolds, owner of Mint Mobile. And I know it's hard to believe Mint can be any good for just $15 a month. So let's ask Wasim Iknabi, one of Mint's first customers, if he has any issues with Mint. No, the services have been great. And under my ownership, it's going to get even better. How? No clue. Still $15 a month though, right? Yep. To learn more and see our logo, go to mintmobile.com slash Spotify. New activation and upfront payment for three-month plan required. Taxes and fees extra. Additional restrictions apply. See mintmobile.com for full terms. Are we ready to drop this thing? Uh, Houston, uh, we are uh, ready. Okay, everybody. Let's take it from the top. Atomic batteries to power. Four. Prepare for warp speed. Turbines to speed. Three. Standby transwarp drive. Roger. Ready to move on my mark. Let's go. This is the Low Down Sports Show. With Drew. Yes, sir. And BJ. Let's get at it. And it starts now. All right. Welcome into another episode of the Low Down Sports Show. This show is brought to you by the Basketball Podcast Network, presented by DraftKings. I'm your host, Drew. And I'm BJ. And we are here once again to get the lowdown on all things basketball. For the 22nd time, going around the association, ladies and gentlemen, got a lot of things on the NBA and men's basketball side of things. Got a little bit of college to talk about, a coach, in fact. Uh, calling it a career. Also got a lot of things on the W side, not only some AU once again, but new schedule drop. We got to talk about some of those big games that are going down this season, the big time matchups. Absolutely. Televised games going on this year. Uh, of course, we got a little bit of Wizard of Quidditch. PJ's behind that today. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's on Drew's mind and BJ's best? Yes, indeed, Drew. Mm. It's going to be a action-packed show yet again. And man, I mean, we're—I know we're not going to start off with this, but I mean, Drew, it's—it's it's March. The calendar is flipped to the maddest part of the year. Mm-hmm. And don't be surprised next week if we're doing an exclusive episode or two. We've got mm. some exciting things to talk about once we get to the end of this episode. Yes, maybe a surprise as well. Maybe a surprise, maybe. Maybe indeed, maybe indeed, maybe indeed. Uh, BJ, if you're ready, we can just get on into it. Yeah, I guess so let's go ahead and, and get on into it, shall we? It's uh, it's been There's a lot of stuff to get into. So. Indeed, quite a lot of things. Um, and one of those things is what we're, what we're going to start off with. Uh, mm-hmm. Pal Gasol, one of the... Laker legends had his jersey retired recently, and he is one of not too many Lakers, BJ, to have that jersey hung up into the rafters uh, yeah, right beside his buddy Kobe Bryant yeah, as well. Um, and, and, and you know how much that um, he, he and, and Kobe, how good of a relationship they had together and and, you know Kobe I I didn't wasn't able to get this clip pulled but Kobe said that you know without Paul he wouldn't have won those those last two titles that he won oh yeah uh which is no doubt in my mind and and you can hear what Kobe meant to Paul Gasol in this clip from his speech the other night I can't go on without talking about the person in the face that I don't see uh the brother that elevated me inspired me challenged me to be a better player 
just to be a better man overall. I miss him. I miss him so much, like many of us do. I love him. I wish he was here with Gigi. I really do. Uh, but I think he'll be proud. And he was looking forward to this moment. So, love you, brother. It's tough not to, to get a little teary-eyed yourself hearing mm-hmm. the emotion that Paul Gasol has in that clip for his brother. Yeah, it's definitely, definitely an emotional time. We all, all basketball fan or most basketball fans miss Kobe Bryant. Um, Paul I, Gasol. I, I, I think that, I think you can safely say that all all basketball fans. Yeah, you could you could say, I, and and more than just basketball fans around. The yeah, world absolutely. Kobe Bryant. Um, but Gasol, the the twelfth Laker in uh, franchise history to get that jersey hung up in the rafters. BJ. Gasol had about 12 seasons in a row where he was averaging 17 points a game. Yeah, and bonkers. Just been dynamic ever since he stepped into the league with the Grizzlies and then with L.A. And, you know, you talk about the championships he had with Kobe and how Kobe wouldn't have been able to get them without Powell. There's an argument that Powell should have been a Finals MVP in one of those. Yeah, there definitely is. There definitely is. He was a monster like none other. I believe absolutely. It was I think it was. I think you're right. But I mean, you're talking about you know this is uh, you know Paul Gasol came over at the trade deadline in in oh seven oh eight season, and then you know he was there until the twenty fourteen uh, season or until the twenty thirteen fourteen season came to an end, uh, and what a run it was through through thick and thin with those two guys. Um, it was just, you're talking about an average, uh, Drew, for for Paul Gasol in that time frame. Mm-hmm. Let's see if we can find the, uh, the seasons. So he was averaging 19 when he first came over, uh, 19 points a game, 19 points a game, you know, 18 points a game in in the the championship season of 09-10. You know, then the numbers dipped down just a little bit to 17 per game in 11, 12, 13, 14, and then his final or uh, his next last year, I should say, with the Lakers was his lowest at, at just about 14 points a game. But I think he missed some time um, that season, if I'm not mistaken, Drew. Uh, or well, no way. That was the the um, that was the strike shortened season, was it not? Uh, 2012-13? Which, yeah, I believe so. So, even still, I mean, you know, he, that was uh, one of the fewest game, seasons he played with just 49 games that year. Yeah, I mean, and still, I mean, he's still been able to still able to play at a high level for a mm-hmm. long time. You know, things just started getting shaky with the Lakers. I mean. You know, Kobe had some injuries in those years as well that were keeping him out. Um, yeah. So, you know, Powell had a little bit more on his shoulders, and they didn't have the same team, um, you know, along with aging. Or the same those, depth, yeah. Yeah, injuries and things like that. But, you know, as soon as he found a new home in Chicago, he was a back-to-back all-star again. So, yeah. I mean, even at ages 34 and 35, he was able, you know, to be an all-star back-to-back seasons, you know, with a, with a fresh start. 
So, but yeah, I mean, he was he was dynamic, man. I, my main memories with him are in those finals years, and when he's wearing the purple and gold. Like, not not near as much in the Memphis times because I didn't pay as much attention to Memphis in those early years. You know, especially like when you know my favorite players coming in to the league, LeBron James. You know, that's who I'm watching. But um, mm-hmm. I didn't remember the the Memphis pow as much. Um, but the L.A. pow is who I came to really know, and you know. That player was dynamic alongside Kobe. And yeah, uh, yeah, I, re- I remember a little bit of him, his time in Memphis. Uh, like when I first got into the game was when he was still in Memphis and was still one of the young superstars of the league in Memphis. And uh, you know, I think it was when the, the Mavs and the Grizz had a, a playoff series in the first round one year. Um, and I remember like the Mavericks ended up winning that series, but. You know, it was not because they were able to stop Paul Gasol. He was pretty much single-handedly keeping Memphis, it felt like, in that series. And, and yeah. you know, they nearly won with him. And, and you know, then it then they ultimately weren't able to capitalize off of that. And so, you know, they ended up having to trade him away to, to get some young assets back. And so, but I, I do remember a little bit because that was when I was first starting to get into the game of basketball was when he was – uh, when he was on the Grizzlies and, and, you know, part of that, the playoff matchups that he and the, the Mavericks had. Speaking of the Mavericks, um, they were, they had some points in times where they were trying to acquire Pau Gasol. I think it was back when he was leaving L.A. and trying to find a new place to go. Imagine if we had landed Pau Gasol back then when he was, you know, trying to find a new home and became a back-to-back all-star, uh, you know, in uh, in Dirk's uh, later years, we could have had a little bit of help there. Who knows? We could have had some random little, uh, you know, Pau Gasol and Dirk playoff run. That would have been cool. That would have been really cool. That would have yeah. been really cool to see him as yeah. part of that, That uh, even if he wasn't a part of the team that won it all when we beat the Lakers. Right. Uh, if he'd been in, like, you know, if I can't beat him, I'm going to join him and shoots <laughs> off over there instead of, you know, after the strike is when I think they spent all that money and they brought in, uh, Steve Nash and Dwight Howard, if I'm not mistaken, right? And and the media um, anointed them as the the first or like the second super team because uh, you know obviously LeBron, Wade, and Bosh were the first, um, uh, or well I should say that the first of the the 2010s because you could make the argument that it really started with uh, Garnett, Allen, and Pierce in Boston, but um, you know they spent all that money to bring in Nash and and Howard to add to Kobe and to uh, Gasol. And it looked like they were going to be, you know, title contenders like the favorites, and it just never came to fruition. Pau Gasol um, finished his career as a top 50 all-time scorer at 47th currently. Not bad. And had 20,894 points. And higher on the list for him in – the rebounding side of things, 29th all-time in rebounds, 11,305. That makes sense. He spent know. he spent the same amount of time in Memphis that he did in L.A., Drew. So I wonder if, if uh, you know, obviously he didn't get the two titles or anything like that in Memphis, but I wonder if, if Memphis also considers him a special, you know, has a special place in their heart for him and if he'll – get his number retired by the Grizzlies at some point as well. I mean, you got um, the Grizzlies don't have a whole lot of legendary players to really retire numbers. I mean, they yeah. never won a championship or anything. I uh, don't believe they've ever had an MVP. Um, not that I, not that I 
No, off the top of my head. Uh, uh, but, I mean, he's yet, probably one of the best players in Memphis history, if not uh, the best scorer in yeah. Grizzlies history. Um, the only people you, you think of besides Pau Gasol in terms of Grizzlies is um, Zach Randolph, yeah, uh, Tony Zach Allen, mm-hmm. Mike Conley a little bit. Conley, um, yeah. But, I mean, if you're going to retire anybody, maybe – uh, maybe Gasol too. I don't. I don't know, man. I, yeah. I think. It, I think he's worthy of getting his jersey retired by the Grizzlies. Also, think about this. Think about how many legends have been, you know, playing for the Lakers in the past. You've got Kareem, Magic Johnson, you know, Kobe Bryant, of course. You've had all these, you know, insa- sensational athletes that have come through. Jerry West, you know, all these guys, and and Pau Gasol has his number retired in amongst the, the best of the best. That shows you how good of a player he was right. with the Lakers. I mean, it just, you, you know, and, and I don't know if, if you were the same way, Drew, but when I watched him play with the Lakers, I didn't think of him as an all-time great. It really hasn't, you know, dawned on me until I go back now and see what how good he really was that I – I was like, yeah, this guy definitely deserves it and, and belongs up there with some of those other Laker legends. Yeah, I mean, uh, you see the potential, but, I mean, um, you know, it doesn't hit you, you know, when you're watching things at the time, thinking about all-time mm-hmm. greats, aside from the best of the best. Yeah, like, like, the Dirks like and the Kobe, Kobe we knew. Yeah. And, like, you know, you, you think about players like Pau Gasol, they're, they're in that, like, middle ground of, like, you know, what's going to put them over the top to make them that. Without the championships – yeah. I don't know if he's getting all that. You know, I don't know if the Lakers are retiring his jersey. Uh, I don't yeah. know if 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 he's a Hall of Famer. Um, it, it'd probably be pretty close, but I mean, you know, the championships yeah. and his contribution to both of them uh, definitely kind of helped cement his his uh, his legacy there and and put him I, in. I think we could have an argument because I mean, you know, a top fifty scorer all time, a top twenty rebounder. You know that that seems like you know maybe not the greatest of the greatest or well, anything like that, but certainly a certainly a, a certainly a Hall of Famer in in you know with those two categories, even if he hadn't won a title. I mean, it may not may not have been first ballot, but right, I yeah. Been. I mean, he he'd have uh, he'd have a solid solid career. I mean, seventeen and nine for a career. Um, yeah. You know, pretty pretty good numbers there. Very good, pretty yeah. Good numbers there. Shout out to Pau Gasol. Absolutely. And um going to make a shift over to the college ranks here. We had a, a random, I don't know if you'd say random, but kind of unexpected, uh, ill-timed retirement from a a longtime coach in the college ranks, BJ. You're very familiar with uh, Coach Jim Beheim, mm-hmm. uh, former, now former coach of Syracuse, uh, where they were one-time national champions, uh, Back in 2003, uh, yeah. Melo took it, took it From there and won it all. Just before some March Madness, PJ, and you'd think a coach would be wanting to retire after that time. Uh, well, Drew, this uh, when when they lost, that was pretty much the end of their season. I don't think they're going to be making a tournament run of, of any kind, and the, pretty much the writing was on the wall yeah. for Jim Beheim. He. He said as long. much last weekend, I think, when uh, after the the last game of the regular season, and you know, it kind of at the time didn't really get reported on. Um, but 
then, you know, they, they go out and they lose in the first round of the ACC tournament and the season, you know, very quickly is over as opposed to, you know, getting a, a chance at the, uh, the top overall seed in the uh, ACC, which was Miami, you know, trying to keep their season alive and, and, you know, go on that long run that we've seen teams in the past do in these tournament games before. Um, but it was not meant to be. And, and so, you know, for for Syracuse, Beheim had pretty much said, you know, it's not up to me. He didn't think he was coming back. And sure enough, Syracuse confirmed that um, that, that was it and that they were, you know, going to go with a younger coach. And, you know, honestly, Drew, I, I don't mean to say this disrespectfully, but I think it's it was about time. I honestly yeah. do. I, oh, yeah. I think the game has passed Jim Beheim behind. And, you know, I mean, as, as legendary of a figure as he is, if you're not willing to do the things like Mike Krzyzewski was, like Roy Williams was, to try to keep your yourself and your team relevant in this current era of college basketball, Drew, uh, Beheim just, like, at the beginning of the season, accused the team that he lost to of having bought their team, you know, with the NIL deals mm. and whatnot that, uh, you know, to and, – and Beheim was not as – big of a proponent of it. And that's just not something that you're going to be able to do in this era of, of any sport in, in the college game. Yeah. You've got to have some kind of NIL thing in place. Otherwise, recruits are not going to give you the time of day. Yeah. And Q's haven't looked good in the play uh, – in the not I was going to say playoffs, but, you know, the tournament and, you know, yeah. just as a team over the last few years anyway, they're not what they yeah, used to be. Yeah, I, I think they made, like, a, a Sweet 16 or an Elite 8 run. Um, yeah, it was something like, like that. I think they made the 16 but, when his son was on the team. Yeah, but, but that was about it. That, that yeah. kind of came out of nowhere. But Yeah, it was a lucky, lucky, you know, yeah, lucky time that they made that. Yeah, they got hot like, at the right time, and then yeah. they just, you know, they're they're mad. The the slipper was like kicked off and said, "Nope, not mm-hmm. today." Ended quick and hard. Beheim uh, out there at Syracuse, BJ. He was a head coach for 35 of the school's 41 NCAA tournament appearances, mm-hmm. 1,015 of its wins, five Final Fours in that 2003 national championship that I yeah. mentioned earlier. Um, He's a four-time Big East Coach of the Year, uh, TSN Coach of the Year, NABC Coach of the Year, Naismith Coach of the Year, USA Basketball Coach of the Year, AP Coach of the Year, Basketball Times Coach of the Year. Where do you have Coach Beheim in the all-time college coaching ranks? Well, I mean, it's tough to – you know, because if you're just looking solely at wins, Drew, he's no. all, there's only one man that's ahead of him on the all-time yeah. wins list, mm-hmm. uh, and that's Mike Shishetsky, of course, from Duke, who was mm-hmm. a, responsible for over 1,200 victories in his career. But think about this. He, he coached 47 years, and he only had one title, and that was probably because of his best-ever recruit that he was able to get. Mm-hmm. You know, he got a lot of wins, but – you look at, you know, like by winning percentage, he was, you know, about about 70% of the time he was a winner, but that went down significantly, uh, you know, in, in the last couple of years. Um, it, it's been since 2016, Drew, that they made it to the Final Four, and he only did it five times in his career. 
Um, I I think he's a, a very good coach, but I don't think that you know he's number two all time or anything like that. I I would say it's it's pretty fair to put him as one of the ten best coaches that we've seen in the sport, but I don't put him in the top five. I don't think that he's the upper tier echelon of success because you're talking about you know you're talking about coaches like like Mike Shishetsky, who's the all time wins leader, five championships. John Wooden's got to be up there for what he did at UCLA. You know, um, Dean, Dean Smith pioneered the four corners. Adolph Rupp with his runs at, at Kentucky. That's already four. And I'm not putting uh, Jim Beheim ahead of, you know, other guys like Roy Williams and, and Bill Self and some of these other coaches that we've seen. Kyle Parry's right. probably somewhere up there. You know, there's I, – I have no problem putting him in the top ten, but – to, to say that he belongs in the top five, I think, is a little bit of a reach. Right. I agree with you. And BJ is our last bit of topic here on the NBA slash men's basketball side of things. Mm-hmm. Gil Barinas uh, has a, a Twitter. I don't know if this is a new Twitter or not. I just haven't seen it before. But <laughs> in a video earlier, and I was just so intrigued by it because it's such a good question. Can any European basketball player – be top five all time, any of the current ones. Dirk is not there now, then. If, 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 yeah. Greco not saying, like, yeah, if yeah. Giannis so, will get like two more, three more, like two more rings. It, right now it can only be because Dirk is out and he's not in the top, he's not considered top five, so he's out. Um, now it's Nash is out, then it only goes to Greek, Giannis, and Joker, who has the future to try to get or, there. Or Luka. Luka. Or Luka. I mean, that's what yeah, I said, yeah, Luka. Luka. Yeah, yeah. Luka and Giannis can get to that level. Like, what's it, what's it going to take? Giannis seems like obviously he's closer with the two MVPs in the championship. He, How many more does he need to be amongst that top five? Giannis got a chance. Giannis got a chance. Giannis? Oh, man. I, I, I still think Luka got a chance. No, that's no. just based on age and what, what he's got left. I don't. Do y'all y'all ever heard LeBron James? Yeah, no, you see how hard it is to get him in the top three of these arguments. Goddamn it! I'm just saying, and it may not play out like that. But where you looking at Luca's career right now? What he's done already? Top five in a limited amount of time. If he can do that for the next ten to twelve, I think that's a big if. Five? No, no. Because Kobe, LeBron, and Jordan is three. Period. Kareem. And and you got to remember, some people don't even have Kobe in the top five, which is. They 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 need to be drug tested anyway. Mm-hmm. So you got them three. Imagine. There's only two more spots. Steph is gonna be in there. That, 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 as I said, you only got two more spots. You got KD coming on. No, no, nope. Okay. Not in the next. No. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Never then. Unless this Victor kid show. If the, unless this Victor kid come in and be who he say. I saw this over on Twitter, mm. BJ, and, you know, I had to ponder the question, you know, just thinking about the perennial players that we have in the league right now, you know, you know, Dirk's yeah. not considered a top five player already, neither is Nash, like they said, but, like, yeah. can Luka get there? You know, he's starting the all-star and all-NBA thing really early. Um, if you add some championships and MVPs in there with it, which, you know, LeBron didn't add until about four years into the league, and, you know, that's when the first MVP or, you know, first trip to the finals came, and then the MVPs right after, uh, yeah. and then later a championship nearly, I mean, what, eight, se- eight seasons into the league. Um, so, I mean, he's got time. Yeah. And, you know, if he just keeps being a perennial all-star and one of the best in the league, I mean, I, I can see it. Uh, Giannis has got the best head start right now. Yeah. Um, he's not going to have the thickest resume as far as all-star appearances probably 
just because it didn't start off immediately like that for him. But, mm-hmm. you know, it's two MVPs, Defensive Player of the Year, uh, Finals MVP, Championship. I mean, it's a, good, it's a pretty good start to, to getting in that top five conversation. I mean, like, he's the only one, you know, accolade-wise right now that has a chance because, like, I don't think either of, either of those other two are going to get a defensive player of the year. So, I mean, he's got a partial up on them. If he just keeps doing it, you know, health-wise, just to kind of finish out his career for what, you know, his type of game can do, which, you know, what do you give Prime Giannis four more good years of that? Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, if you do that four more good years, one more championship, uh, maybe an MVP or defensive player of the year, uh, you know, could be in the cards in one of those years. Who knows? But I think if anybody had a chance, it would probably be him as of right now. Um, well, I don't I don't let, think he will get there, though. And Jokic, he's got two MVPs, but no championships, you know, some yeah, all-star I was, appearances. I was going to um, say, if he wins, a, if he's the first to three-peat, you know, I obviously we're, we're both in agreement that LeBron probably should have three-peated back in the day and, and didn't because of voter fatigue. Um, but if he's the first, you know, three-time MVP in – Lord knows how long. In fact, I don't Did remember. That feels like it would be the correct answer, but I don't know. We, we'll I, feel like, I feel like if the answer is no, then it is it, 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 it would it would be Bill Russell maybe. Did Bird three peat? He's got three. Did he get them all in a row? I don't know. I don't think so because I feel like it was no. like Bird Magic, Bird Magic, Bird or something like that. Maybe. You know? I um, I just. So, but yeah, you know, it's, if, it's, if he it's adds hard. like a if he adds a couple championships, maybe. But at the yeah. same time, you know, what are we? What are we? You know, we don't have a, a a watermark as to what separates some guys like KD, Steph, you know, potentially Giannis, Luka, Jokic, uh, you know, or or even uh, when Medaya. It's, a, it's a bunch of bunch of accolades, you know. You, yeah. you got to have yeah. a bunch of stuff, you know. Four championships. Yeah, that's um, that's what you know, that's where Steph Curry the top and, three are. And yeah, that's being the all time yeah, being the all time uh, best shooter in the world and everything in the Steph's got but on his. Is resume. that automatically enough to put him top five? I mean, I, don't I mean, think like he's sniff snuff at, at being in the top ten. I mean, is Steph Curry not the best point guard all time right now? Probably. I mean, probably, but at the same time, you know, where we somebody that wasn't even mentioned in that clip, where's Bill Russell? I know that, you know, yeah. he, he doesn't get know. mentioned nearly enough, not just because of his eleven championships, but he was a physical force to be reckoned with back the, in the day. I know, Obviously, he doesn't watch, stack up with the stats, but still. And especially if you watch the documentary on Netflix, you, you get a, a, a look back of what Bill and uh, Wilt were doing, and, and Wilt yeah. as well. That's why yeah. I was, you know, saying, uh, trying to expand it, you know, maybe not top five, but, you know, I think top ten might be reasonable for all three of them, but I think mm-hmm. top five is just a coveted spot that's just, you have to be, like, Luca's career would have to go perfectly for him to get there. And if it yeah. goes perfectly and with multiple championships and MVPs, then he might could do it. And it's still just a might because, you know, like Gilbert said, like, you know, see what LeBron had to do to get in a top three conversation. You know, there's not many spots that are there. I mean, I don't know if yeah. I necessarily agree with the Kobe thing and everybody's top five, but. Uh, let's just say he's – let's just say that's right. You know, Jordan, LeBron, yeah. Kobe secured 
in a in, in a top three of the five. They, they here. both they all should be in in the top three. Top right, five. like who are the other two? Like there's so many names that you can mention to be in the top five with those three. Like you said, Bill Russell, Wilt, uh, Bird, uh, Shaq, Duncan. Um, yeah. You know, so many yeah. players as you can get. Magic. You know, just keep rolling through names. Um, of, of guys that are, you know, fighting, you know, themselves to actually be in the top ten. So, I mean, it's, it's just a, a mixed bag of players. And, you know, you know, you bring in current players, KD and Steph, as well. Yeah. And then if you've got all those three in a mix, too, trying to get the top ten, do they all have a chance for it? I don't, I don't know at that point because, like, I mean, you it's bump just, out of those legends? Like, do you bump yeah. out Wilt for Jokic? I mean, I mean. Maybe if he's got three MVPs, triple double season, uh, all, all in a row. I, mean, I don't. Yeah, like I don't know. Like probably not, just because Wilt was crazy and did a whole bunch of crazy stuff. But uh, yeah, the top five conversation is just a hard one to enter. Um, you know, goat is pretty much impossible now. Um, like by I said, the way, if Luca's career went you, perfect, though, I mean, who knows? You you were right. Larry Bird did win all three of his back-to-back-to-back, to back to back, he and he's the okay. last to do it. The only three players that have done it, Drew, are Bird, Chamberlain, Russell. Which do you think, feel, I mean, like, like – those, those three guys should be in that consideration, too. Yeah, like, look at that exclusive company. Like, how do you go – how do you three-peat as an MVP and not get put in a, in a top – In a top, top five, yeah. Like, immediately, like, you're inserted in a top ten conversation probably at exactly. that point. A three, yeah. three-peat MVP, like, yeah, like, you're here. Yeah. Maybe. You know, I kind of want to yeah. get some takes on that, guys. Anybody that's listening right now, like, what will a three-peat or an MVP for Jokic do? Is that an automatic plug into your – top 10 uh or does he have to have a championship on top of it do those three mvps would they not matter without a championship cherry on top yeah um, the, and to answer the answer the initial question because i don't think i did out of those guys mentioned i think Giannis is probably the closest i think you know i think luca could have things go perfectly well for him but i mean i'm really worried about his injuries now i mean they're coming you know, more and more and, you know, not as seemingly severe, thank goodness, but, you know, it's definitely definitely something to to worry about going forward is that, you know, he's going to miss time. That's going to ding him in terms of trying to get those accolades like the MVP. You know, maybe he's able to get a championship even still regardless of that, but, you know, is he going to be able to get three or four and maybe an MVP or two that would be, you know, enough maybe to put him up there. I don't know if it would be. So it's it's going to be a very interesting to watch all that tra- take place. But I, I think out of those guys mentioned, it's probably Giannis or Bust. And now it's time for BJ's Best. All right. Well, thank you, Drew. You know, I was kind of, you know, scratching my head, you know, fixing my hair or whatever kind of deal. Um, trying to figure out what I could do for this edition of BJ's Best. And, you know, I've been I've been on and on watching all kinds of college basketball action this week. It's been, you know, a jam-packed weekend or a jam-packed week full of, of great finishes and upsets as, as conference tournaments always seemingly are. But, Drew... Do you happen to know what tomorrow is when we release this episode to all our fine listeners on your favorite podcast platform? Um, should I know the answer to this? 
and you probably should. Today's oh, Thursday, tomorrow's Friday, but I'm not meaning the day of the week. You know what tomorrow is? Um, Groundhog? No. No, that that was last month. Okay. Um, unless you're no, in the time loop like Bill Murray was, but maybe. Uh, maybe. No, I don't know. Um, no, so tomorrow is March the 10th, and oh. AKA Drew. I knew that. Well, that's that's what I was asking. Tomorrow's oh. March 10th, oh. and the ramifications behind that oh. is that it's Super Mario Day. Oh, uh, okay. Zero. Okay. So. Okay. As in honor of Super Mario Day, coinciding with us dropping an episode of The Lowdown, I found this list of the best Mario games that have been released all time. And it's a pretty, you know, pretty thorough list. Uh, it's got, I think it ranks all of the Mario games that have come out all time from, you know, back to the, like the very first one to now. Because it's oh, got man. 20 plus games that have been released. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and just go down to the top ten. So we'll, we'll see if you've played the games or if you kind of know what uh, to make of them and uh, if, how you feel about them. Okay. So we're going to start off with – actually, I'm going to start off with number 11 because this one uh, surprises me. Number nice. 11 is the one that started it all off, the original Super Mario Brothers, released really? back in 1985. Does it crack the top? Oh, oh, my gosh. Yeah, that's a, that's a bit tough. So, um, yeah, I was going to say, you played that one? Uh, at some point in time, I am sure. Yeah, and you liked it, had a fun time with it? Man, I can't remember, to be honest with you. That's a whole game. Oh. I don't remember. Yeah, There's a whole bunch of Mario games. I mean, if you, if you like the Mario games, you know, yes. either that or you don't. Yeah. But, uh, so that's that's number 11. It doesn't quite crack the top 10. Okay. What does crack the top 10 at number 10 is the Game Boy game Super Mario Land 2 Six Golden Coins. It came out in 1992. Don't think it's a Game that. Boy game. You ever play that one? I don't think so. No. Um, uh-uh. On my Game Boy, I, I think I only had Pokemon on my Game Boy. Okay. I didn't even have a, a Game Boy, so I didn't play any of these Game Boy games that were on here. But, um, no, I wasn't, I wasn't cool enough to have a Game Boy back in the day, so, <laughs> apparently. But uh, we're going to move on. Number nine okay. is the uh, Wii U version, or, sorry, the Definitely Wii U game not. Super Mario Maker. came out back in 2015. Definitely yeah, not. Never owned a Wii. Never owned a Wii. So, yeah, this is not just a Wii. It's a Wii U. It's the more like the newer. Never owned a so Wii nothing, anything. <laughs> nothing Wii anything, huh? Wii. Uh, it's only Wii out. Well, I was gonna say this one was kind of allowed you to create your own levels of Super Mario, and so okay. it was pretty, pretty cool and, and unique at that time. So um, that is something that is interesting to check out. Number eight is its sequel that came out in 2019, Super Mario Maker 2 from the Nintendo Switch. Never owned a Nintendo Switch, unfortunately. Never owned a Nintendo Switch. I would like one, mm-hmm. to be honest. Switch I've, I've heard cool. a lot of good things. I'd like one as well. I, wanna, but... I want Apex on it. That's what I want. That's what I, want. <laughs> I kind of want but, there's, there's something out called a Steam Deck, too, but I think that's a little too much for me. But all, be, all, all the little handheld things are expensive. 
Yeah, they really are. Uh, I was trying to get a, a switch back in, in you know, when COVID first started because my friends had some and they wanted to play, you know, games with me. And, and I was like, I can't find them anywhere. How did you guys get them? And so, but uh, anyway, so Super Mario Maker 2 even added uh, a, an actual story to story mode as opposed to just kind of allowing you to create your own uh, levels and, and story and everything like that. So okay. that comes in at number eight. Number seven is another one. This is actually a newer one than that. It is Super Mario 3D World and Bowser's Fury for the Nintendo Switch. Came out in 2021. You Definitely not. No, it's, uh, too, I hadn't even heard of it, Drew. I had not heard either. of this one. I'm not up to date on the latest Super Mario's. I'm not either. I, I didn't know that they had uh, they come out with anything beyond the the second Mario Maker. Yeah, so. my my gamer habits have changed since my Super Mario findings. Mm-hmm. I'm more of a pew pew guy. You're more of a pew pew guy. That makes pew sense. Pew. Well, I bet you played this back in the day, perhaps. Number six, released in 1996. For the Nintendo 64, it's Super Mario 64. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that one is one of the the uh-huh. iconic games from the oh, Nintendo yeah. 64. Got so, some fights over that game. Yeah, and there's also, there's also obviously, you can, you know, kind of <laughs> emulate it, or you can get a, uh, you can get a copy, if you have a Nintendo Switch, of Super Mario 64. Um, number five is another Nintendo Switch game. Super Mario Odyssey came out. In 2017, I've heard of this. I had not played it, but messing out on the cool stuff, I guess. I guess, yeah. I was gonna say there's a lot of cool stuff that's come out more recently than you'd yeah, think. Yeah, and they're in the top ten so far, so they gotta be the best. Jeez. Must be best of the best. Yeah. Number four, Super Mario Galaxy 2 came out on the Nintendo Wii in 2010. Nope. You did not have. A I Wii might have played that at Walmart or something back when they you still might had have. The, still had the the TVs and the controllers sticking out. Yeah, I remember those days. Oh, you man. probably played this one at what the TV at Walmart back in the day, because this one is also from the Nintendo Wii. Number yeah. three, Super Mario Galaxy, the first one, came out in 2007. It may have been mm-hmm. the uh, mm-hmm. the initial game that was released from the Nintendo that Wii. That was like right around when the Wii was coming out, yeah. That was hmm. middle school. Yeah, I remember when it came out. Uh, Man, but I didn't have a Wii, so. That's crazy how times have changed, BJ. No more TVs up in the electronic section with the controller out for you to play. Yeah. It, or do it, they it have crazy. them in some places? I don't know. I haven't seen them. I don't think they do, Drew. I don't, I don't think that there's any, like, anymore. I don't think you can test it before you buy it anymore. Like, you know, yeah. they used to have the demos or whatnot. And that was it, it dude. That's where kids used to live. Like, you just dump your yeah, kid off that, right there and go shop around Walmart and go back and pick them up a half hour later when you're done or whatever. That's what I did. I was yeah, like, exactly. That was right. fun for the kids so that they didn't have to suffer through walking around the store and, and being a nuisance or anything like that. But Right, right. Um, just in rotation so, yeah. on the games up there on the walls. I mean, that's when, I, that's when the Madden games were back in the day when they were actually really good and they had the demo deal. And it was like, you know, I made the decisions like, okay, I'm going to buy this Madden now because I actually enjoyed the demo. So, yeah, plenty of stuff for us to do. Absolutely. Number two, another original classic from the NES Released in 1990, mm. Super Mario Brothers 3. Now, this one is mentioned as one of the best of the best all time, not just oh, yeah. as a Mario game. But this one 
I think this is a very fair take to have this one above the original. Maybe not oh, some yeah. of the other ones that I hadn't played, but yeah. this one for sure. Yeah, this is this is that this is that good stuff, BJ. It's right. And the only other sure. game, the only other game, only one that, beat that topped that number one on this list. The Super Nintendo Super Mario World released in 1991. That was the debut appearance of Yoshi. And one of the, the best of the best all-time Mario games. It was one of the ones released initially with the Super Nintendo. And, uh, you know, I mean, as good as 64 was, as good as Super Mario Brothers 1 and 2, or 1 and 3, I should say, because 2 kind of, eh, with, with the reviews of it. But I think this one is does very easily have a, a good case to be made that it's the best of the best. No complaints here. So we got some we got some Mario games to try out at some point so that we can yeah. uh, give a better take on the list ourselves. But I didn't have really a complaint with with some of the games listed. Uh, I just think that you know putting the original outside the top ten is kind of criminal in my opinion. Right. And they've got to be really good games on the Switch and the Wii to to top out the original. For if it hadn't been for the original, we wouldn't have the newest games that are available now. So. I mean, fair, but also when you think about games, I've, um, I, I've got some, you know, game like Halo. I think three and two are better than the original. The first one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, so. Yeah, I mean, you, it's probably the same with any genre, you know, like the Final Fantasies, the Mega Man's, you know. Final Fantasy's got a bunch, like, I think. So. Yeah, but some sometimes the like the best games are like the last games that they made, as opposed to the first games they made. Yeah. So I guess that can be. The, the case. It's just, you know, as iconic as the original is, uh, you know, to not have it in the top ten doesn't feel right to me, at least. So, but happy Mario Day, at least a little bit early for us as we record this on Thursday, but tomorrow is Super Mario Day on uh, March 10th. So, and that is BJ's best crew. Wonderful, sir. I appreciate your segment today. As if the McCrispy couldn't get any better, Bacon and Ranch just entered the chat. The Bacon Ranch McCrispy, available at participating McDonald's for a limited time. You NBA fans out there, it's time to bring that hoops action back to the palms of your hands again. You know, if you've had them in there this whole time, they're probably kind of sweaty, so you might want to sit that down, wipe your hands off for a second, pick it back up, and get it back in the palm of your hands. Knees weak, arms are heavy. Mm. With DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers like you can bet that little bitty $5 to win $200 in bonus bets instantly. That's right, Drew. Obviously, some big-time matchups on tap this weekend. You can... Look no further than Friday's action tipping off on NBA TV. You've got a matchup between the Cavs and the Heat. Cleveland is the favorite, and that's who I'm going with. I was pretty good on my picks last week, Drew. I think I did accurately tell you to buy stock in the Knicks beating the Celtics on Sunday night. What I didn't expect was the Nets to top the Celtics after being down by 28 points. So I hope you didn't lose any money on that game. Also, the Lakers are playing well. They're playing at home against Toronto. I don't know what to make this one. My my advice is stay away from that game, at least. Give me the now. Lakers. 
I, I think I'm and leaning Davis Lakers. Has been going crazy. I Lakers know. I, I'm winning big games. I'm definitely leaning Lakers, but I would just kind of you know, hesitate. I'm Are you afraid not, of Jacob Pertle? I'm. Is that what it is? I'm. I'm not afraid to take a Lakers stand, and, and I don't get it. I don't get a good read from it, Drew. So I don't bet anything that I don't get a good read from. Fair enough. Um, including Saturday's game, I've got a really good feeling about Milwaukee. Yeah. Even in on the road in Golden State, I'm going to take the Bucks to continue their winning ways. And then on Sunday, the marquee matchup, I'm going to take the Knicks on the road in L.A. to take down the Lakers. That's why I didn't want to bet necessarily just yet on the Lakers against Toronto. I feel like they've got a better chance of winning that game than they do on Sunday. But it's no harm, no foul, Drew, if you bet with DraftKings because you can get a no-sweat same-game parlay every day for a limited time, all new and existing. So it doesn't matter if you're brand new to DraftKings or if you've been there for years. What you do is you go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app today. You opt in, place a same-game parlay on any NBA game, and if it doesn't hit, well, you'll just get a bonus bet right back in your pocket for you to use on tomorrow's action. Download the app now and sign up with code TBPN. New customers can bet $5 on the NBA and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA with code TBPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right, Drew, before we get a look at that WNBA national TV broadcast schedule that was just unveiled the other day. It's time to see what is on Drew's mind, folks. Well, what's on my mind, BJ, is what is usually on most people's minds sometimes when people are doing things that irritate them. What are, what are those little bitty things that people can do that you don't like? That Pet peeves? Yes, indeed. Pet peeves. Pet peeves. Going through the most common pet peeves, and we want to see if we can go through and find some of BJ's pet peeves, and we can analyze some of mine. I'm sure we're going to run okay. through some of them. I know, we, this, I know we found one last week. I know we found list. one last week. You got that, that people walking slow or driving slow in front of you. you go, yeah, yeah, not a fan of it. All right. Got a list here, and if you don't know what a pet peeve is, we'll give – the definition, uh, official definition of a pet peeve is something that a particular person finds especially annoying. So I was essentially on the right track. But there are many universal pet peeves, especially for those who work in office settings. According to an article from Psychology Today, the top three pet peeves for American employees in 2020 were malfunctioning slash slow computers and software, when coworkers didn't wash their hands after using the restroom, and when coworkers came into work sick, respectively. But these three things are just the tip of the iceberg when it comes to what really annoys people. Now, the biggest yeah. and most common pet peeves, BJ. There's a lot of them. I don't think we'll go through all of them, but depending on how entertaining it is, we might. <laughs> well, I'll put, I'll put the bright white pearly chops in, and we'll, we'll see if we can get something that irritates me. <laughs> all right. Chewing sounds, noises, like chewing aloud. I mean, it's... Mm, it's a bit annoying, but it's not something that, like, crawls up my skin, if you know what I mean. Like, Right. You wouldn't I, consider I, that one of your pet peeves. 
No, I, I, I would, I would probably, you know, I mean, it, it maybe a little bit irks me because I was told, you know, always chew with your mouth closed and, mm-hmm. you know, be, be polite and, and respectful, but it's not something that I necessarily am, am going to pay attention to. Cause I mean, you know, I'm, I'm probably just, you know, enjoying my food and, and not paying attention to what the other sounds around the table are being made kind of deal. So There's actually also a condition um, for that, for people who don't like the chewing noises and sounds. It's called misophonia, which causes people to have strong reactions to specific sounds. People with misophonia can become frustrated or even enraged by repetitive eating sounds. Interesting. Indeed. Another common pet peeve. Repetitive tapping. This one you might be more related to back when we, you were in school, BJ. You might have had a kid that did this in class, tapped his pencil or his pen on his desk. Um, yeah. I, uh, I don't. Or somebody, or like, you know, people shake their leg or tap their foot. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think I'm a little bit guilty of this, honestly. I, it doesn't bother me because I, I might, you know, do it without even thinking about it, just subconsciously. Anxiety. just yeah, anxiety definitely is is part of it. So I I apologize if I've offended anybody by you know shaking the leg or or tapping on the the computer even. I won't tap on the microphone because that might be a little too irritating. But mm-hmm. but yeah, it doesn't it doesn't bother me um, as much as you might think. All right, another pet peeve, BJ. Can you guess what this next one is? Uh, well, maybe it's this right here, exactly, BJ. It's interrupting during a conversation, <laughs> even though you were just talking nice, to me. I guess. Nice play, nice play. We all know someone who won't let us get three words in before they're already talking about something else. Over, so it can be pretty darn annoying. That's for sure. I hope, uh, I hope I'm not guilty of this. I feel like I might be. I am. This is this is one of my pet peeves for sure, and I'm, I'm I know I do this to other people too. <laughs> I'm sorry. I think it's, I think it's tough advantage. when we do a show like this where it, it almost feels like at times you might be, but it's not intended that way. Right. So like in 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 person, I don't intentionally do. I try to let them stop before I cut in, but I always yeah. have, I have something to say. So like the urge to interrupt somebody when they're talking. Is there? So I sometimes do that, but it's definitely a pet peeve for me to like be talking and be cut off, like, ugh, because I hate repeating myself, and I don't want to have to do that. Because some of that stuff I might not even remember. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Let me speak. Absolutely, and and you know, for me, it's like you know, I I try. If if you're a broadcaster, you can relate to this. Where it's like you know, somebody's making a point. And then, you know, a next, the next place happening, and they're still talking, and you're like, yeah, you oh, got to convey God. what's going on, but you also yeah. don't want to interrupt them. And so it's like, do I be nice or do I, you know, like, describe the play that's going on, you know, like. I'll cut it's, through them. Doesn't it be yapping too much. Just like, <laughs> uh, and he takes us down. Running left side, breaks the tackle. Like, we got to get back to this. What what you're saying probably isn't even too important to be extra rambling on, so get back to the football. I will say when I I did a a filled-in for a basketball game a couple weeks ago uh, in the the high school playoffs here in Texas, Mm -hmm. and I was doing color. And I'd never done color commentary, especially not for basketball before. I'm used to being in that chair. And so that was my biggest worry was – you know, taking away the spotlight from our play-by-play guy, you know, and, and thankfully this was a video broadcast as opposed to, you know, just being audio. 
So I could, you know, pick and choose kind of like where I was talking and try to make my point, you know, as not not cutting myself off, but trying to be quick and not using as many words to make the same point as I would, you know, kind of as a play-by-play guy, uh, trying to get in, get the, the thought out and step back so that the action can be, you know, unless we're having a conversation. That, you know, there's there's certain, you know, little differences, but right. I, I think it went pretty well, honestly. Yeah. I only caught my, myself overstepping once when I did it uh, for commerce on ESPN, but mm-hmm. uh, I definitely knew what I was doing it because I was like, oh, my God, I'm talking too much. And <laughs> just in my head, I'm like, I'm, it's, it's, I'm so it's tough. <laughs> it's tough if you're a play-by-play guy to get into that other mindset, the other chair. And, and yeah, especially after like you that. just did it the night before. <laughs> yeah. And it had been like yeah. 12 hours later that you're just switching seats. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But anyway, back to the list. There's quite a bit here. There's 70, so we're not going to get through them all, especially Ooh. now. <laughs> so let's, <laughs> Sorry. Let's jump to some ones that uh, that might qualify for a pet peeve for sure. Um, okay, so uh, throat clearing or coughing noises. So just like <clears> – I don't get <clears throat> irritated by that unless it's just like over the top and multiple times. Like if it happens once – you can easily like, but if it's like almost deliberate or whatever, and then it's like, would you just shut up? You know. <laughs> so. Leaving drawers and cabinets open. Dresser no, drawers, cabinets I, in the kitchen. Yeah, thankfully nobody around here does that. I think it's I think definitely we, something I, that would qualify as a pet for my mom. Yeah, we we would have gotten smacked if we had, and I don't think so. It wasn't like something that I'm a my pet peeve, but it may have been like my grandma's or something like that yeah. back in the day. Uh, scraping silverware, like scraping it on a plate. Uh, oh, like, like, if, like if you're eating like, a bowl of yogurt or a bowl of ice cream or whatever, and yeah, like whatever, and, like or if you're like. I don't know, eating a steak or some chicken, or you like down to the bit, and it's like just making the scraping sounds on your mm. on your plate or, yeah, or that, on that, your teeth. You know, people who play with the, uh, you know, just do that with their silverware, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that doesn't yeah. that doesn't bother me as much as you think it might. But yeah. Uh, <laughs> here we go. Driving too slow. <laughs> you you definitely said that that was something That's me. that. That bugs you. Um, I I do get a little bit irritated at times. It just depends on, like, you know, if, if I'm out and I'm not in a hurry to get where I'm going, then it probably won't bother me as much as, like, if I'm, you know, trying to get somewhere and I feel like I'm running late even if I'm not. And it's just, like, everybody conspires against you. And it's like, oh, that person's in a hurry. Must directly go slow in front of them. And speaking of cars in front of them driving too close to the car in front another that definitely qualifies in my it, driving it just speed. just depends just depends like for well, me, just I, when I you don't... drive in the dallas area as much as we do or yeah. i mean definitely as much as i do that 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 happens and, like, and i try not with... to but you know it, it's like you know you want to give yourself enough space that you're not going to like rear end them or whatnot but you also don't want to give too much space that you're going to get honked at with people behind you. It's a delicate balance. I don't even like brake checking people anymore because people in Dallas are crazy. They'll hit the gas when you brake. Like, whoa! Yeah. You're literally you going to go faster. Why are you going faster? You're, you're insane. It's, um, like, if, it's like no insurance? Not my problem. <laughs> people who talk during the movies. 
whether it be yeah, that, the person that, beside them about the movie or on the phone during the movie. Oh, I yeah, absolutely no no go with people on the phone. Like if you like whisper or something, because I mean I've done that before. Where I'll like especially if I miss something or whatnot, I'll say like, what did I miss? Yeah. Or even even texting on the phone is annoying because like the bright light in the dark theater, yeah, for, for the people behind them is just distracting. Yeah, you know. Um, I try to just keep my phone in my pocket. It seems like every time I'm in a movie though is when my phone goes off the most. But it's supposed to just stay in my pocket and just, you know, not, you know, be going off and all that. But, but yeah, I mean, it gets annoying. Like, I don't, I don't like when people talk during the movie, especially, you know, if you're going back to watch it a second time, you know, people may not care as much, you know, in a, well, they don't, unless they, don't they, know they haven't seen time. it the first time. You know? Right. Like somebody who hasn't seen a movie is not going to like to not, you know, be able to hear every bit of dialogue yeah. and be distracted by somebody like just asking a question. What does that mean? What did he say when they were going to the, um, yeah. is he a good guy or a bad guy? Yeah, I, I think from? I think that that's more of a like conversation that can be had when you can pause it, like watching it at home or whatever. You can. I don't like can that. Do that. I don't like um, that either. Like, and I, it's definitely a women. I, 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 I would give more a of a pass if that's when it happened. It's definitely a women thing though, and I hate it. Like they'll do it about TV shows too. <laughs> like I don't care if it's it's, it's a TV show and it's twenty minutes or it, it's forty minutes. Stop pausing that. I want to keep watching it. You can ask when it's over. <laughs> ask when it's over between episodes. Ask a question. But not well, after the first like, 10 minutes. Then, then, it's like what, just getting what if good, you don't like, remember it by then? <laughs> sorry. Sorry. So yeah. It wasn't important enough. <laughs> it didn't no, but I was going to say, yeah, I, I, I'm not as, you know, upset by it. But, you know, I've, when I've been at, like, Marvel movies in the past, like, especially, like, like opening night or whatever, that seems like it's the most – that 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 happens like the most times I've ever seen you know like people talking or or whatever like in theaters or on their phones is when it's like the premiere of a Marvel movie like I I don't understand that unsolicited advice and recommendations like people giving the opinion their opinion that you did not ask for that doesn't bother me. I mean, you know, they're entitled to their opinion. I'm also entitled to not give a crap, <laughs> you know? Oh. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, give a what? Mm-hmm. But, uh, uh, no, I mean, I don't, yeah, I don't have a problem with it. It just, you know, it's like you're you're welcome to think that way, but that doesn't necessarily mean that I feel that way, so. Slow walkers. This is right in line with slow droppers, ladies and gentlemen. That's what you, what you, what we just talked about last week, I feel like. Yeah, I mean, it just really, like, again, with the driving, if I'm in a hurry or something, you know, that's kind of, you know, I, I, I try not to, you know, like, if I'm out somewhere and there's somebody walking slow, I try to get around them without, you know, getting irritated by it, but if you can't, you know, you just kind of just have to, you know, hold your breath and have some patience. Smacking gum. That that can be annoying. That can be a little bit annoying. Um, yeah, Johnny. Did you see when yeah, you played with last week? Yeah. We hit yeah. a home run, yeah? Man, no Seattle Mariners. They're probably go, making go, the playoffs. Go crack it out of the park there, Johnny. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see. Mm, bad tippers. People who treat waiters badly are always bad news, and bad tippers are often the same people. For putting down less than a typical 18 to 20%, some people have a real issue with it, and rightfully so. 
I, I mean, it, it doesn't. I haven't worked in the service industry, so I probably would. I probably would have a different feeling about this if, if you know, if I had been in the service industry or whatnot. I normally, you know, I try not to, you know, tip lower than than the average unless it's just really, really bad. And even then, it, you feel like it's a, a little bit bad for for doing that. But at the same time, it's like, you know, you only can give so much when you're getting so much bad in return kind of deal. You know what what does annoy me though, speaking of tipping? I I will say this, and this is something that's pretty new. Why should I have to give a tip when you're at an event and all you did was turn around, grab an empty cup and put it under the spigot and got me my drink? Why should I tip for that? You know? It's not going to go to the, the person like you know that that cook the the food or whatever. If I if I tip when I get a you know burger and fries or whatever at the ball game, yeah. I, I can't pick that. So why should I be expect like especially if I'm only just getting drinks? That right. that's what irks that's what irks me. Yeah. Next up, and we're getting down to the last few here, rounding it out. Uh, talking over people. I mean, maybe because I I grew up in a family with teachers that you kind of have to at times. I, I don't get irritated by it, but I try not to if I can help it. Meetings that should have been an email. I'm definitely in on this one. Like, there's <laughs> yeah, no that, point in going a... and sitting down, wasting time for about a half hour to an hour, just about something that you could have stuffed into an email and sent to all. As as many as many times as, as there's been things like that that just could have been an email. I'm 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 irked by that, yeah. Drives me nuts. Uh using text to speech in public. Um I know there's something that my mom is probably guilty of. I think she probably does it more in the car though, but well, this text to speech stuff. It's not super annoying though on my part. I I really I really don't care. I don't yeah, I don't. I don't get annoyed by it, especially like if it's just in the car or whatever. Like you know, you can, as long as it's not somebody like right next to you and like there's nobody around, but and they're still doing it instead of just like typing. That that might be what irritates me, but I don't get irritated like somebody doing it out in public because I just think they're on the phone, and even if they're you know like not on the phone phone, but they're you know holding it up and and talking and then they put it back down or whatever. Doesn't matter to me. People who don't know their order when they get to the front of the drive-thru. Uh, it depends on how long the line is. I can give I can give online or in a hurry. I mean, in a hurry, I'm probably a little bit more irritated by it. But it, you know, if, if I've been waiting a while, I mean, some places you can't really see the menu until you get up there, and and you got to figure it out. But you know. Most of the time, if it's a long line and if I'm in a hurry or whatnot, I might just look and go somewhere else instead rather than, than deal with that. Or or park and go in and, and order, order it to go. Uh, I think we're going to have to end it right there. Yeah, that's, yeah, I think that's a good, good stopping place. Not a good one to go with unless you want to consider chewing on ice. There's a pen. I mean, I, it, that doesn't bother me. Right. Uh, 
So. Just some rinky-dink things. Well, that was what's on Drew's mind today. A lot of little rinky-dink pet peeves. I'm sure there's some we missed uh, that you don't think about that will probably happen to run into tomorrow and be like, ah, I wish you'd have said this one. This I is definitely a pet peeve of mine. When, yeah. when the waiter doesn't come back and refill my salsa when it's obviously empty, I hate that. I get some No, I mean, that. it's like, you know, it, you know it, that goes into going back. Like if, if somebody's not attentive or whatever – you know, and it's like not even something that is like required, but just like, you know, kind of if you come to the table, you see that the drinks are low, you know, and you just don't think that maybe I should go get some water and ask if they'd like some more, you know, and you just let them sit there and, and, and wait. That that might irk me, but that, again, I think that goes into deserving less of a tip. Attentiveness and effort. I'd be grading, I'd be grading a, a waiter or a waitress. I'd be like, mm-hmm. hey. I definitely eat a lot of salsa. Like, you can see that this was gone in, like, two minutes. I could use a refill. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, if, yeah. you, if you don't come back and see how our food is. No, nah, I'm just kidding. I, I don't have, like, a <laughs> list that I run down. But, you know, it's just a case-by-case no. thing. You know, if you if you, if you you dump off uh, my food and forget about me for a half hour, then, oh, my gosh, we were waiting there. We've been done for ten minutes. What's going on? Then maybe yeah, that, 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 I'll that might be 50 cents off of your tip, ma'am. <laughs> That that might be the, the the biggest problematic thing, but interesting stuff. I love the psychology behind it, Drew. And, and you know what's a pet peeve of mine, Drew? I was trying to use that as a transition. A pet peeve of mine is that there's going to only be 25 regular season broadcasts of WNBA games on the ESPN Family Networks instead of four. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Only 25. Only 25. I mean, that is a, it's a good number, but it could have been higher. Um, you know, so that's what the network announced just yesterday, that being Wednesday, uh, and it will be highlighted by Brittany Griner's return to the WNBA with the Phoenix Mercury, Drew, as, as Phoenix is uh, going to be taking on the Sparks in L.A., when the season tips off on May the 19th. So that is that is the first of the 25 games that will be aired, as well as uh, network airing playoff games as they have in the past. And the WNBA All-Star Game will be in prime time uh, in Vegas on July the 15th at 8.30 Eastern time. So do we want to go through some of these uh, games and, and kind of pick out which ones are, you know, the ones that we're most excited for, Drew? Yeah, there's definitely a lot of big matchups uh, in here and um, games that you're going to want to see. Like anytime you see a Vegas or uh, Vegas versus New York on the schedule, you know you want to pencil that in. Absolutely, um, to, yeah. To, 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 to watch that. Um, and that's going to be on August 28th is when they're going to be matching up on national TV, August 6th and 28th. As a matter yeah. of fact, is their their matchups on national TV. Uh, New York's got quite a bit of matchups as well as Washington does. Uh, Dallas Wings got four this expect. year. Wings only had one national TV game last year. They got four now this year, which is good. Uh, which one is good. being the uh, the opener going to mm-hmm. be on ABC. The first one of the season that's on ABC actually. Um, yeah, the initial part of a. I was going to say part of a doubleheader that day, yes. in fact, with, with Alicia Gray coming back to Dallas to start the season, and then uh, Seattle's going to be hosting the Aces, the defending champs, uh, to start the year 
a rematch of the WNBA semifinals, and the first look at the Storm without Sue Bird, without Brianna Stewart, and, and so many of the, the others that have been such a, a big part of their success in the past. Jewel Lloyd obviously is returning, but, um, you know, it's got to be a different look for Seattle for sure. Dallas definitely going to have their hands full with Atlanta uh, like they did last year in the opener when mm-hmm. Ryan Howard had quite the debut, and now they've got Alicia Gray over there. Uh, so it's going to be a, a battle of the guards out there, and we'll see what Big T and Howard and uh, Satu can do uh, against this dream team. Yeah, um, and speaking of Brianna Stewart, Drew, both of her games against her former team are going to be on the ESPN Family Networks. Okay. Uh, Liberty and Storm will clash in Seattle on May the 30th. That's going to be an ESPN2 broadcast at 9 p.m. Eastern. And then they'll square off in New York July 8th. That's an ESPN uh, 1.30 Eastern time start. I guess that's a weekend game. Um, also, Phoenix is going to be hosting the Chicago Sky. That's a rematch of the finals from two years ago now uh, on May 21st. That's Sunday at 4 p.m. Eastern time. Got a host of good games, BJ. Uh, another matchup I like in here, Washington and Seattle. I don't know if you slid that one in, uh, but they're going to be matching up on June 11th. Uh, that's a former uh, championship matchup, I believe, the 2020? No, 2018? Maybe, something like that. One of yeah. those, I'm forgetting. They, uh, <laughs> that's going to be a good one, um, you know, coming back up, even though Seattle not as loaded as – uh, what they used to be. Who who knows what version of Seattle we'll be getting right there, but um, an old matchup nonetheless. Washington and New York. Um, the All-Star Game, as you mentioned earlier on ABC on July 15th at 7.30 Central, our time. Yeah. Um, man, there's, there's a lot of matchups, and we still got some things to go on. So, like, some of these matchups are – like they look good, but like some some could be more enticing here in a month and a half. You know, when the draft yeah. goes down, you know, we see what teams look like. Who makes it through training camp? Who got drafted where, uh, and whatnot? Uh, the only real key additions that are going to make uh, differences in uh, what they're doing is probably the top five. Um, you definitely, I mean, the lottery is you know open, kind of a toss up, just depending on. Who goes where if teams keep picks? I mean, if Dallas drafts all three of theirs, then they might keep just one of those players just because, I mean, not much room. Or they'll end yeah. up, you know, letting go former top picks, which they seem to have no problem with because they'll just get more. And, mm-hmm. so, um, and the but, cycle continues. Yeah. And we'll see what uh, – and, you know, not to mention on this national TV schedule, got some Connecticut games. Seeing what Connecticut looks like this year. Uh, without yeah. Coach Kurt Miller, uh, no John Quell, uh, being led by Alyssa Thomas, DeWanna Bonner, and Bree Jones, uh, with the addition of Ty Harris at point guard out there, uh, and, and how that how that unit looks. So some teams that are going to be interesting to see what they look like because of the new additions and shufflings around this year, Connecticut being one, uh, Seattle seeing what else they can add and if they can be competitive. Atlanta, mm-hmm. how much better they are this year, and Chicago, uh, what their new unit looks like. We've seen a, uh, a couple of them in AU with Courtney Williams and, and Izzy, um, but we got to see what the whole unit looks like together. And like we said, uh, like we showed on a previous podcast uh, with Coach Wade, um, 
on here, it, uh, it had said uh, he doesn't complain on losing. So yeah. uh, Chicago going to do some winning this yeah, year. Yeah, and, and I'm a little surprised that we don't get, uh, you know, a little bit more Chicago national broadcast. They're, they're one of the teams that's not included in this, uh, you know, in there's – eight teams that are going to be shown four times or more, at least on the ESPN Family Networks. Now, Chicago may get some more games shown on, uh, you know, NBA TV or, or CBS Sportsnet or, or wherever um, that will be announced at a later date. But uh, I just find it really interesting. The, uh, the defending champs is not the team that will have the most regular season games shown on ESPN platforms. That's going to be the Liberty, who get nine games the Aces will appear seven times, and then, as you mentioned, those other six teams that will be showcased four times, uh, Drew, coming up here this season. It's it's really interesting, but, again, kind of hard not to make, you know, a, at least kind of hard to justify not keeping, you know, some of those games for yourself to broadcast when you see what New York went out and did in free agency. And, you know, obviously you're going to want to show them off as much as possible. Yeah, and for those that are, you know, trying to become WNBA fans um, or, you know, just have, you know, not sure where to start, you know, you can start this season, man. Just just hop in on these national TV games. I'm sure there's going to be, um, you know, the news about, you know, what the cost of league pass is going to be about uh, this year going to be coming out relatively soon around draft time. Um, so yeah. just get locked in. I mean, in the very least, you can catch these national TV uh, things if you don't have a a team in your area um, to uh, to be able to watch all their games as well. So you know that that's what I do when I can't you know when I'm not watching the Mavs and I don't because I don't have NBA League Pass. I just watch the national TV stuff. So uh, yeah. or, or mo- mainly, well, I've got other ways to watch them now. Um, but uh, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, there's 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 uh, there's ways to to stay locked in. So. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, and with, uh, you know, there's always still a possibility with, you know, Bally Sports that has a, a lot of uh, some of these teams that aren't getting nationally broadcast games. Uh, you know, the questions for them as to what may happen with with Bally Sports, if, if there's a possibility that that uh, situation doesn't get better before the season starts, there, you know, somebody may need to step up and, and help them find a new home for these games as opposed to just being on League Pass, then maybe needing another option or two out there, maybe like a streaming platform or something as well. I, I don't know. That's obviously something that probably not, you know, talked about a whole lot, uh, but it is just an interesting question to keep in mind. Oh, and those fantasy players out there, guys, I mean, if you guys play fantasy uh, basketball and NBA, you know, slot, I and mean, that's an easy way for, to get yourself to transition, to get to pay attention to players. You know, that you know, you, it's the same thing you do on the NBA side, players you don't usually watch, keep track of, whoever's on your fantasy team, that's games you're watching. So lock in with Fantasy WNBA, we'll be starting a league again, and you could hop in that if you want to, or just, you know, just play in on your own, but that's definitely a way to get locked in and, you know, make sure you're paying attention to the league, because you got to, to pay attention to your fantasy team. But, yeah, um, looking forward to all these nationally uh, televised games this year. Uh, an extended schedule. Hope uh, health is good and in the cards for a whole lot of players, especially a lot of those uh, legends uh, or all-timers that we want to see coming back and playing that are older, you know, DT. Yeah. Uh, you know, hoping uh, EDD's health is, is, is looking good for the entirety of the season. Um, 
you know, just want to see the best of the best out there playing all the time. Um, Absolutely. And last but not least on this side of things, AU Hoops, BJ, still rolling through. They played once again yesterday, and, mm-hmm. man, this is some fun basketball. A lot of the times that I've been there, and just like the first game yesterday, it's been a lot of close competitive games, BJ. You know, mm-hmm. uh, 88-86, the final score of game 13, the first one where Team Orange uh, defeated Team Blue, which was Team Hillman over Team Smith. Or, yeah, Team Hillman over Team Smith. And then, no, Smith was the uh, Orange. Oh, I'm sorry. Team Smith over Team Hillman. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Team Odyssey versus Team Mitchell later. And, you know, Team Odyssey continues their winning ways over there with a 97-85 win. Um, so, I mean, it's it's been really fun, man. Uh, like, like I said, I mean, you've got a couple more weeks. Uh, of action to be able to come check things out, BJ. You got to be able to slide your way to get a ticket and come watch these games. These are good competitive games, and you—I don't know if you'll be closer to the floor again. You know, aside from you know last year when I got you hooked up, you won't be able to get that close again Probably to this not, high no. level of basketball. So yeah. make your way out there, my man. And Absolutely, I'm hoping to find my way out there. If not uh, next weekend, the following, the final weekend. Um, we just got to see yeah, sure. everything that works out with the scheduling, but. Um, love, love the action so far. Got a lot of good games coming up with, uh, especially what Saturday's action looks like, uh, will determine the week's outcome. Team Smith and Team Sims will be squaring off in the, the primetime game at 7.30 on Saturday, uh, with Team Mitchell and Team Smith competing on Friday, as well as Team Hillman versus Team Sims, and then Team Mitchell versus Team Hillman will be the first game on Saturday. Uh, Odyssey Sims still, you know, holding on to that top spot right now, Drew, with the most amount of points, 36-43. Melissa Smith not too far behind at 32-25. And then you've got a couple other players. The top five are all within striking distance of that 3,000-point range. Izzy at 29-42, Lexi Hull at 29-30, and Kelsey Mitchell right there at 29-10. So it's been a lot of... uh, a lot of good basketball, obviously, like you said, and, and a lot of good performances thus far. Definitely. It's, it's been exciting to see uh, the different roles that players take on on the new teams when they get drafted onto them because, you know, things get shuffled up a bit. Some players haven't been able to be here because they got other mm-hmm. commitments elsewhere, like Lexi Brown who just got back, and she was, you know, the MVP of that first game, had like six plus threes. So, I mean, yeah. Um, you know, getting to see these players back in action, it's just been it's been cool to see the mix-ups and stuff and uh, a little bit close in personal action, uh, more than you get to see uh, during the regular season, uh, during normal games, just uh, yeah. uh, and getting to see more, you know, more minutes of players that don't get as much rotational stuff during the season. So like a Kirsten Bell, uh, you know, from the Aces, doesn't get a whole lot because of the Aces and, you know, they're starting – uh, unit in that first year for her it might be different this year. Who knows? But you know she's been yeah. showing out. She was the MVP of that first game earlier uh, yesterday, so uh, she's been helping out and contributing and doing well in AU and other players like her, Lexi Hall, uh, and and uh, and so on. Absolutely. But- Loving the AU hoops. I'll be back out there again on Saturday, so stay tuned for that. Sounds uh, good. And that is that on the AU side. Indeed, and that means, Drew, that it is time for a little with it or quit it, a little gamey game. A little gamey game. A little gamey game, Continue. Drew. I'm still here. 
that's fine. I will just go ahead and tell you, if you're new to the show, how this works. I've got five questions ready for Monsieur Drew, and he'll be back in just a moment to uh, answer them. Oh, I'm but here. I know you're here, but I meant back on screen. Back on screen is what I mean. You want to see uh, that? You want to see? You want to see? But okay. Drew, whenever you're ready, I've got these five questions, and you got to tell me if you were with it or if you're going to put it up. All right, all right, I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready. All right, all right. We'll start with number one. Drew. Number one. We talked about it earlier in the show with Jim Beheim retiring. There are only two coaches that have reached 1,000 career wins in the Division One ranks, and with Jimmy Beheim retiring, Drew, we will not see another D1 coach reach 1,000 wins in a career until John Calipari does it. Are you with it? You're gonna quit it. I could give you the closest behind Beheim yes. in just a second. Okay. Yes. I figured you might uh, be wanting that. Yeah, uh, that'll determine me, zeal answer. Let me see if I can find that real quick. I had that pulled up. I thought. Right uh, now, I want to say we won't see one until Calipari does it. But until I hear the other ones, I cannot confirm or deny my answer. <laughs> All right. So uh, the closest behind the uh, closest behind Beheim coming in, I think it's uh, this was uh, as of a couple days ago, and, and so I need to make sure that this is still correct. Um, but you had Jim Beheim at 1,016. Bob Huggins is close at 934, but Drew, you know, he's he's 69 years old, and the Mountaineers have not been, you know, rattling off the string of victories like they were just a couple of years ago. So unless something changes, it's going to take a, a couple of years for him to to get there, I would think. Do you agree with that? Mm-hmm. But behind him, it, it's going to take a little bit longer for Cal Parry to get there. 789. Do you think that Huggins stays it out and coaches until he gets to 1,000? Or do you think he is going to retire before he gets to that number? I think he retires. So Cal Parry's next at 789. Bill Self right behind him at 782. And Rick Barnes hot on both their tails at 774. I don't... I mean, Self's teams have been better lately. Yeah. Who's older? Uh, let's see. I, I, I think we don't have to find that answer. I'm, I might have to go with Self because his teams have been better lately. The Kentucky teams haven't been, you know, doing their thing, and you know, Kansas is always, you know, in in the mix. Yeah. So uh, just for future for reference, uh, Cal Parry is older. He's 64. Bill Self is 60. Give me, give me Self. So you're gonna say quit it then? Mm-hmm. Quit it. All right. Okay. So not not Huggy and not Calipari, but Bill Self is who uh, Drew's going with to be the next coach to reach 1,000 career wins. All right, Drew, number two. Don't know if you've been keeping up with the conference tournaments this week, but there have been a lot of exciting, improbable runs so far. Drew, just like in 2021, we're going to see a team go from the first round of a conference tournament into the final day and playing for the conference title. Are you with it, or are you going to quit it? There's a at couple least, of – at least, least one? playing for the conference title. At least one. For sure. I don't think it. we had one last year. But 
You with it? Who are you thinking? Because Ohio State's gotten to the quarterfinals, and they they played just a couple nights ago in the first round. Um, hold on. Did Lamar win today in the Southland? Um, no, I don't believe they did. Never mind then. <laughs> <laughs> so you just think one? Uh, I don't know. Um, I really think there's a chance for somebody to maybe do it. Because in in the conference, you get it's got to be the right conference, like where it was close all season. You know, they're only mm-hmm. split by a couple of games or something. But I think it's definitely possible. We've seen it before. Yeah, um, I think your your best. I don't bet know who, right but now, I'm gonna say with it. Yeah, I was gonna say your best bet is probably the Big Ten, the Big Twelve. West Virginia played but lost earlier today. Oklahoma State was trailing at last check, and they were the only two teams to win in the first round of games on Wednesday night. So something that we'll definitely have to keep our eye on, but I will be surprised if that uh, if that remains the case. So, All right, Drew, number three. There's a lot of rumors, a lot of free agents out there or possibly teams making some, some deals. This is the NFL. Mm. And your Dallas Cowboys should make an aggressive push to go after somebody like a Derrick Henry, a DeAndre Hopkins, or Jalen Ramsey. Are you with it? Or are you going to quit it? And if you're with it, who do you think they should go after? With it, DeAndre Hopkins. Okay. No defensive uh, help, but you want another receiver. Yes. Okay. I like it. I, I think that's probably the best bet we you can, could get. You know, we, can, we can draft I mean, a there's back. a back. Yeah. A lot of draft. talk last year about trying to go get OBJ, but I think I'd rather have Hopkins. Who wouldn't? Yeah. All right, Drew, number four, another NFL question. Mm-hmm. Are we really going to see a repeat of 15 years ago, Drew, with the Packers sending their former starting quarterback to the Jets? You with it, or are you going to quit it that we are seeing a repeat of that? With it. You're with it? You think Rodgers heads to the Jets? Wow. Not just Brett Favre being replaced by Aaron Rodgers, but Aaron Rodgers being replaced. And going to the same destination each time. And then he's yeah. going to be a Viking. It's crazy. <laughs> You're really buying into the whole storyline progressing. My goodness. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe, maybe. All right. And last but not least, room number five. Going to go to the NBA for this. Mm. Looking at the Eastern Conference, seems like it's a three-team league, but I argue that it's four, and the only team that's going to challenge the Bucks, Celtics, Sixers in the East be the New York Knicks. Oh. Or quit it. It's because they're streaking right now. No. What about the Cavs, I'm, BJ? I'm you don't like Donovan Mitchell? I do like Donovan Mitchell. I'm just saying, I'm doing this to get you on the record. You got to pick, if it's one team. And so if, I need and to believe be the in the Knicks. If you're, if you're with it, you got to believe in the Knicks. With it, let's believe in the Knicks. Let's oh, believe yeah. in the Knicks. Give them a little hope out here. We'll, we'll believe in the Knicks. <laughs> had, had to pause on that. I had to think about it. Yeah, definitely um, do. It's a good but one. They got Jalen Brunson. As long as Brunson's he- healthy and can captain the ship um, through the playoffs, then yes, with it. All right, Drew, and that is with it or quit it, and that is the episode for this week. But don't forget before you go, don't tune out just yet. We've got some exciting stuff from our friends over at T Public Drew. What's on tap this week? I got the shirt 
repping the lowdown merch over here on tonight. Yes, indeed, BJT Public got a sale site-wide. T-shirts Ooh. down to $16, travel mugs, 21 bucks, and many, many others uh, going on through the rest of the night. I think it's going to be all weekend, actually, through Sunday night. So make sure you take advantage and go. Oh, excuse me. Oh, man, thank you. And cop some merch, ladies and gentlemen. Maybe so. I mean, it's sitting right over there waiting for you on sale, discounted, so why not? You don't want Drew to have another sneezing fit. You better head over Right? That was, that was tough. Might have to go get me some new shirts. I've got, uh, I've been liking this one, but, you know, I mean, I could always use another one. And yeah, if you get don't want to, what's up? I said, yeah, get stocked up. Get stocked up indeed, maybe. You know, we've, the past couple of weeks, Drew, we've been doing these shows, it's been raining. Might need to get some spring merch, you know, get a, a jacket or something. To, maybe not for the cold, but for the wet, the rain. So, but if you don't want to go over there, which I don't know why you wouldn't, but you also can support your favorite team, get some new merch in your closet that you can rock all year long by going over and shopping in our description with our friends at Fanatics. You can get Right now, a 24-hour sale up to 65% off site-wide by using the promo code BOLT, B-O-L-T, BOLT. So if you want to get your college basketball gear, repping your conference champion, A&M Corpus Christi Islanders if you're a Southland fan, or maybe, you know, you, you know, whichever team emerges from the Atlantic 10 or, you know, the Big Sky perhaps you want to represent if you are a – supporter of Montana State or maybe an Oral Roberts in the Summit League, wherever, they've got it all over at Fanatics. You want to get your March Madness gear repped. And don't forget, next week is St. Patrick's Day, so you want to get some, some green gear as well. You can check all that out over at Fanatics Drew. And, guys, we have a quick announcement for you. We have a couple of gentlemen joining the Low Down family. Yes, yeah. indeed. As you know, we talk all things basketball. We mainly hit on the NBA and the WNBA here, and we sporadically hit on that college basketball. Well, we've got a couple of guys taking over that college basketball side of things for us here very soon. The Low Down College Basketball coming to podcast platforms near you very soon. Uh, we'll introduce those, 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 yes, indeed, those new guys uh, to you here very soon uh, in our college discussions coming up with the March Madness coming up. So be on the lookout for that in an upcoming episode. Yeah, we probably are going to be doing our annual bracket look next week when we talk about the women's side of things, but we're going to collaborate with our new friends that are going to be taking over the college basketball side of things, probably get some, some men's bracketology and, you know, with four of us and having all kinds of different opinions, it should be a very interesting discussion. And, you know, who knows how long time can fly when we're all having fun and talking basketball through. It's going to be a blast. And to give you guys a hint, it's another couple of, a&M Commerce alumni who will be like 
spearheading the lowdown college basketball. So be on the lookout for that. And, ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't already before, make sure you rate and review the podcast over on Apple. We appreciate it. It gets the, the show more exposure and to bring more listeners to us to enjoy the lowdown alongside you. I think you can also uh, give a rating on Spotify if I'm not mistaken. You can, Andrew. but no review. You can no only review, review but... on Apple. Okay. And so, don't forget, Drew. Go ahead. Check us out on the socials up above my head. That is yes, TikTok. Yes, indeed. And the underscore lowdown, T-H-A underscore lowdown, TikTok, Twitch, YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram. Yeah. Till next time, ladies and gentlemen. Bye-bye.